Hello and welcome to the Emotional World Podcast where we take a deep dive into the human condition. And today we have the pleasure of welcoming Adrian Salazar onto the podcast. Now Adrian is the Head of Culture and Integrity, which I think is a fantastic job title in and of itself, but we'll get onto that later, um, at Safety Wing. And Safety Wing, they're a provider of nomad insurance for global travel and insurance solutions for remote teams. And then today we're going to delve into, I think, some quite meaningful topics, topics, topics even, such as authenticity. Um, and we might even look at some buzzwords that maybe um, might be shaping company culture, but I don't know, are they all that helpful? Um, and then we'll dive into Safety Wing's culture uh, and yeah, the use of things like integrity and authenticity and stuff like that. Anyway, enough from me. Let's get our guest on the air. So welcome to the Emotional World Podcast, Adrian Salazar. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on, Adrian. I'm really, really excited to have you on today. It's going to be a, a really useful episode for our listeners, I think. Cool. I'm excited. Good, good. And uh, as per usual for this podcast, mm -hmm. what I'd like to do is open with our unexpected uh, yet innocuous question. So a question that you haven't been able to prepare for. Mm -hmm. Is innocuous enough that it's not going to ask you to disclose your deep, darkest secrets? Um, and also will help us uh, get to know you a little, a little, a little differently or a little more. Mm -hmm. So my question for you today is, what is a memorable shop from your youth? A memorable shop? Like a store? Yes, like a store, <laughs> yes. From my youth, what does that mean? Like how young are, are we talking here? Five-year-old or 10-year-old? Uh, let's go say, I don't know, five to 15. Five to fifteen. Okay, um, there was this um, uh, music instrument shop in, back in Lima, where I was ah, okay. born and raised. Uh, it was a tiny shop, and it was, but it was also primarily like a repair shop. And and the guys who used to run the shop were friendly, and I used to go after school uh -huh. um, just to hang around, just to see the instruments. Uh, play guitar like grab someone else's guitar that was there for maintenance or whatever and um, yeah, okay. they were very kind to me and very inviting and that was uh, uh one of the reasons why i started uh formalizing my music uh training wow and what music do you um, yeah what music do you play i play uh blues guitar blues i love blues mm -hmm. And do you write your own material or is it you kind of you playing other people's stuff? Well, um, I'm, I've been writing on and off for 20 years and I haven't released wow. any, yeah, any like a uh, uh, body of work, any meaningful body of work. Although I do have a YouTube channel with, you know, a few like million views, maybe. Um, wow. We are definitely putting a link to that in the show. Thanks. <laughs> All right. It's a bit out there. Uh, but it's cool. And now I'm actually um, um, recording a, an album, compiling compositions from the past 20 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on, <laughs> uh, on your musical back catalogue. <laughs> uh, what is it about music in particular for you then? Sorry, can you repeat that? What is it that you enjoy about music, whether that be writing or playing? Well, yeah, that's a very deep question for me 
because my father is a musician, so I've always been surrounded by music mm -hmm. and art in that way. And my mother was a yeah. university professor, so it was sort of half and half uh, science and art. Um, and so music is embedded within myself on a fundamental level. Uh, what is it about it? I think it's one of those things that gets you in a state in which you don't think too much. Um, mm. And for someone like myself who think a lot and it's kind of hard to, to stop thinking sometimes, that's uh, a very viable alternative uh, to, you know, stop thinking. Yeah. Wow. And do you get to bring that musical side of you into work then? So you, I guess you described there that you use it as a use it as a, a release because you spend a lot of time thinking at work and then mm -hmm. the music allows you to not. Mm -hmm. um, but do you get to bring that musicality of yours into into what you do at Safety Wing? Yes, but not directly. Uh, indirectly. Um, to, there, like, there are two channels for that. W one is the mm, one is what you get from most art forms, which is a kind of good mm. taste. You, you learn to mix ingredients into something that doesn't exist. Um, so that is a very val valuable skill, I would say. Um, it, I think at, at a neuro neurological level, it, it shares something with cooking. Uh, to me, that's the, the closest thing mm. to music is, is like cooking. You have you don't have anything and you have a few ingredients and then you create something and you taste it and you adjust. So the feedback loops are tiny, um, just like music. You mm -hmm. move your finger one, one like millimeter to the side and it, the pitch changes slightly or you press slightly harder and the pitch also adjusts. So it's just like cooking. So there's this good taste, this acquired, trained, good taste. Um, but there is also this um, mindset of experimentation that is also multidisciplinary. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm. You have this mindset of venturing into the unknown um, and for life and for work, that is a, a useful tool um, that gets some people uncomfortable, though. <laughs> but uh, I, I use it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I suppose um, the the link that I want I'd like to take then mm -hmm. is that that's an important part of you. So I, I was that's why I was curious about how you get to bring that into work because when you talk about integrity and authenticity at Safety Wing, mm -hmm. um, I suppose I was wondering how much of that, how much of you can you can you I you know do you bring or can you bring in? Right, right. Um, that's a good question. So. Um, it seems like the, 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 the self is governed by a few um, different, let's call them spirits or uh, slightly okay. different personalities. Um, so um, mm. what you bring to work is um, when, when you try to bring your authentic self is 
uh, a good representation of these spirits, uh, a meaningful, accurate representation. Mm. Although not every single one, right? So if you if you have a, a tendency to be hedonistic, for example, uh, maybe that's not a great idea to bring mm. that to work. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. but if you're authentic and, and you you are uh, deliberately authentic, you bring a good representation of that. Um, definitely like in my case in my own personal case i bring uh the artistic me a hundred percent um mm. i bring the kind version of myself i i pick and choose the qualities that i think are the most uh meaningful to the work we do and to the work i do um which is mm. authentic but it's not completely transparent completely transparent is not great in my opinion uh just like you don't bring everything to art you don't bring everything to family uh you pick and choose um and you don't contradict that that's important too so uh do you and i think we discussed this when we spoke off air in the kind of planning for this episode i i struggle with the buzzword of authenticity mm -hmm. i support the sentiment behind it um and and i struggle with the i guess the practical reality of that mm -hmm. um probably even more so with the phrase bring your whole self to work mm -hmm. i think I, I struggle with that even even more because again do you do you really want my whole self every single <laughs> you know no. part of what that of, of what that is <laughs> I mean, I, I sing a lot, and I sing really, really badly. Um, and if I bring if I bring all of that into work, I'm not sure that's going to be a great um, a great thing for everybody. Granted, I also publish it on YouTube, um, uh, but more for I think poking fun at myself than for serious mm -hmm. uh, serious reasons. And so, for for you, from a I guess from a cultural pers perspective at Safety, then how do you how do you balance that authenticity hmm. bit? That's a very good question, uh, or and slash reflection. Um, um, so let's. I think it's important to establish the value of authenticity to to hmm. expand on it. So I think there are two primary benefits of uh, being authentic. Being authentic is like being uh consistent coherent with your true oneself particularly when that posture or a posture of yours contradicts or goes against the pressure from society that that seems to be a good description the pressure from the groups uh, mm -hmm. the different groups in life um an authentic self um is able to go against that pressure when it makes sense, when it's coherent. So um, the mm -hmm. value of authenticity, the, the value of that act um, is twofold. So on the one hand, authenticity is a great connection mechanism. If I bring my authentic self, like I'm bringing my authentic self with you right now, deliberately, and by the end mm -hmm. of this conversation, you probably have will have a good impression of who I am, what I believe, um, and over time, 
that impression, because it's, it's authentic, will compound and create a predictable representation of myself quickly. If I'm not authentic, on the other hand, mm -hmm. you, would, you wouldn't know exactly who I am uh, because I would be sort of hiding behind the society, um, this societal thinking or something like that. So it's a connection mechanism. Mm -hmm. It streamlines connection between people. Uh, and the other one, on the other hand, uh, it's an anti-corruption mechanism, meaning and this is particularly important in, in groups like companies um, or like functional mm. teams. It, it sort of scales very gracefully. Um, so anti-corruption, because if you have an idea uh, and I don't have one, I can shut up and let your idea through. That's great. But if you have an idea and I disagree, I can state my disagreement regardless of who you are. Um, I can say, I disagree. I authentically don't align mm. with what you're saying. So that is very important because the alternative is uh, political thinking, political action. Like you believe something. I, you're my friend. You're my boss. You're whatever. I agree with you. Or you're my enemy mm. and I disagree with you. Uh, and those are very corrupt ways of acting. Um, the being authentic is a better alternative. So <laughs> if that is authenticity and if that is the value of authenticity and God knows, I mean, maybe that's true. Um, mm. That's why it's important to bring your authentic self. And that doesn't mean, but that doesn't mean bringing your whole self. There is a difference there. There is a difference of um choosing choosing what is productive there was so many different elements of that that i really enjoyed <laughs> so um let's begin with because when you said corruption i was thinking oh, i was thinking wow that's a that's a big word and, and one i associate with kind of large systemic um you know things whether it be corruption at a governmental level or a um or a corporate level i hadn't thought about it as a um as a, a corruption of my authenticity and at like a micro level so in in that moment where i might think that's a really different idea to what i would have and i think there's a different way of going about it and i'm going to keep that to myself i didn't i hadn't thought about it in terms of a, a corruption of my authenticity i suppose in in that way so that was a really interesting reframe um yeah yeah just really got me thinking about it in a different um thinking about it in a different way and then as you were bringing what you said to a, a close um I'll, I'll be honest with you Adrian I wasn't listening because my head was so full of everything else you've been saying before so the last probably 20 seconds of what you were saying I, I, I didn't listen attentively to because I was lost in my own head and I'm hoping you might remember so you can remind me 
<laughs> I was okay, talking about I was talking about well, that... being being two different things, like an anti-corruption mechanism and a connection mechanism. Um, and but you know, and it's very useful that way. Um, but also, but also, um, authenticity doesn't mean complete transparency. And and yeah, you don't want to like if you're having a bad that day. Yeah, yeah, if you're having a bad day and. Say that you you you're a barista, right? You you, you serve coffee. I love coffee. I have so much uh, admiration for good baristas, right? But say that you're having a a bad day, right? Your dog died, whatever, um, and you're feeling emotional, mm -hmm. and you go to work. You choose to go to work, or you have to go to work. Um, bringing that those emotions to work is not professional. You see what I mean? If you cannot cope, it's probably a good idea to take a day off, take a week off, whatever you need. Um, but mm. if you do show up, you do have to bring your curated, authentic self. Let's let's coin that term now: curated, authentic self. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that, okay. That means that. you know that means bringing a good service, bringing a smile, making someone else's life good for fifteen minutes. That's so uh, valuable. Hmm. And, and that reminds me of um, one of my favorite books is by a researcher called Arlie Hochschild mm. called The Managed Heart. And within that, she she coined the term emotional labor, which is that <laughs> that work that we have to do with that sadness that we might be bringing, for example, because in, in that context, in that role as a barista, mm -hmm when someone says to the brist oh how are you today it wouldn't be appropriate for the brist to say well actually i'm devastated because my pet passed away recently hmm. and, and and i've had to come to work because it's a distraction from loneliness that i feel at home now because the customer's going to go whoa i didn't <laughs> i don't i don't i didn't necessarily want all of that right <laughs> I had a nice cup of coffee right there is like a line there too right because it seems like there is a way to bring that up. Um, you could, but I think the 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 way in which you go about it, the the timing, uh, when if to say it. I mean, yeah, you could mm. you could bring your. There is a line there. I'm not sure. How, I mean, there is no formula, but you could bring your uh, no. honest. Um, like your life situation if appropriate right there is there is this uh, reading the room uh thing yeah we we had a guest on, on this podcast before called eric heshin um from he's a researcher from israel i believe and um and he talked about how the the relationship um between the people involved in the interaction, the the goal of the interaction, what the interaction is there to do, mm -hmm. um, and the intensity of the expression of the emotion being like moderating factors in where that line is. So if yeah. the emotion is really intense, that might make it more, more difficult to cross the line. Where And if that relationship is quite close, that might make it easier to cross the line whereas if that if the goal of that interaction is to achieve something quickly and move rapidly 
then the the line might be further away if that mm. makes sense in terms of you know that makes sense. when when it when it may be appropriate to disclose mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah um so how does the authenticity and the integrity bit then because we mentioned it, or i mentioned at the outset that your mm -hmm. um your title of the head of culture and integrity mm -hmm. i just thought i find fascinating as a, as a title in in and of itself hmm. uh, so could you tell us a bit more about that sure um definitely let's let's talk about integrity that one is fascinating to me and so i've been doing this i've been in this role for three years now almost three years and the word integrity is has always been puzzling uh at first i uh, in an aspirational way like it sounds good type of thing um mm. but as i grew into the role i discovered um integrity and i was talking to this guy a while back and he had this um description for integrity he he will say that human integrity like what we mean in, in the context of he, human behavior um is just mm -hmm. like uh, uh structural integrity so he was saying if you if you think about a bridge right the bridge has this structural integrity to it it can uphold until whatever weight it has these conditions it, it, it can you know um um I don't know, uh, uh, survive this kind of earthquake or whatever. It has this structural integrity to it. Mm -hmm. And it's a physical thing. It, it follows the laws of physics. Um, he was saying personal integrity is just like that. You cannot, you cannot have personal integrity some, sometimes. Um, um, you have to be... And it, and it seems like that's what people usually think, right? You, it seems like you think that you sometimes act with integrity and hence you're a good person. Mm. Uh, but other times you don't. And those are like flaws or exceptions or that integrity is conditional to context. And, and that's bullshit. That's mm. just a way to justify yourself, to justify the lack of integrity. Um, so I actually subscribe to this notion that of you know structural integrity you either have it or you don't um mm. and i think it's one of those things that it's like always work in progress because we are humans and indeed we break our own uh uh principles um but mm. it's good i think it's a good framework um so in a in a, in a company at a company level um depending on your values, depending on your mission, depending on your, on the conduct mm -hmm. that you want to, um, institute, um, acting with integrity is acting along those uh, set of principles. Um, and acting with structural integrity means no exceptions. Um, this is how we do things, no exceptions. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm one of the people in charge of making sure that we have this structural integrity in place.
and and I guess the the question that's going to be really easy for me to say, and I imagine harder for you to answer, mm-hmm. is the how question. <laughs> so how how do you do that? So either how do you how do you develop it, or how do you maintain that structure and integrity? Right. Uh, well, the biggest the biggest factor is hiring the right people. I mean. <laughs> Mm. it's like it's just like having a relationship with someone like if you have a relationship if you're if you're thinking about having a relationship with someone choose wisely choose the person who aligns Mm. naturally with your worldview otherwise it's going to be a constant struggle probably you're going to end up hating each other at some point um say if you are very orderly right and you and mm. you uh, start living with someone who's not orderly, which is very difficult to adjust. Like it's a fundamental <laughs> uh, personality trait. Um, you're most likely going to have issues uh, around how orderly you are. Like so, uh, one person is going to mm. want all the dishes clean immediately after dinner. And the other person would, would like to have like a beer and watch TV and think about it later. Mm. So. In the company context, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, if you hire for people who are naturally aligned with your mission, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Partic- I mean, if you hire someone who would make progress toward your mission independently from being hired by your company, I mean, that's a big, big, big plus because you share an objective, just like a family or a couple. If, if, mm-hmm. if, if, like, if you have a couple, if you, if you have, a, say, a wife and you have kids, then you have a shared objective that simplifies many things um, in most of the cases. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so naturally aligned with your mission, naturally aligned with your values. In Safety Wing, our values are tools, um, are, not, um, are not phrases, are not slogans, are actually very mm. specific things um, designed to navigate Safety Wing in a successful way. So, for example, one of our values is be authentic. If you hire someone mm. who's authentic, uh, if you hire someone who's creative, that's another one of our values, um, then most likely you won't have to correct for these things. Um, finally, you sh- shouldn't hire assholes. Um, that's another big, even if they are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not a thing mm-hmm. that, that you can get wrong too, by the way. There is some error here. Um, but, yeah. you know, hire someone that you would like to have a cup of coffee with. Um, someone who seems authentic is also a very good indication. Um, so, yeah, hiring right fixes uh, proactively most of that kind of misalignment issue. You make mistakes. Mm. Um, and when that happens, it, it, uh, many times you have to uh, make the tough decision of uh, s- separating this person from the company. Uh, it sort of never works. Like you can teach skills, but you cannot teach worldview. That seems to be mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, mm. I think that's it. I think that hiring the right people, uh, uh, well, and there are some tactics, right? Um, 
constantly talking about your mission, not in an instrumental way. That's the mm -hmm. thing. In Safety Wing, we have an amazing mission that we're actually trying to accomplish. And it's not like we mm. want to be the top uh, distributor for the Northwest. No, it's like <laughs> we are building the first country on the internet, which is a lofty, amazing mm. mission. Um, so we constantly address the fact that what we're doing is meant to fulfill that mission. We constantly um, talk about our values in different ways. Um, like, for example, one of our traditions is during our strategy team meetings, uh, one of our team members will do a presentation mm -hmm. uh, about one of our values in her own way, like in her own interpretation. How does this um, lives in your in your um, work in your uh, life? Many times it many times it goes through work into life as well. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned that be authentic was one of the values. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want I'd love to come back to the mission about the creating a country on creating a country on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that sounds incredible and massive all together at the same mm. time. Mm -hmm. Um so what other values does safety wing hold then? So be authentic is one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um we have ten. And I don't remember all of all of them by memory, but um, I'll... oh, sorry, I wasn't intending it to be a test. Sorry, <laughs> no, 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 no. That I, I can I can try, and I have I know. Yeah, let's see. I think I can I can say all ten. But the first one is uh, aim for the ideal. This is this is a this is a cool one. It has a sort of story to it. Um, aim for the ideal. So when mm -hmm. I joined Safety Wing, that value didn't exist. Most of the other ones did. But that one didn't. And the first thing when I joined Safety Wing is that I spoke to everyone in the team. Um, and I asked them about the values, about the company, the work. It was an amazing experience. And something, like, something that many people said was around this concept of building something to make the world better, bringing something mm -hmm. that is more ideal. Um, and the team felt extremely idealistic to me, like big ideas people. Um, mm. So I, I thought we should probably add this to our values. Um, and we did. And it is our first value. I don't know if the most important one, but certainly the first one. Um, mm -hmm. The second one is be authentic. Uh, we discussed that already. Uh, authenticity is a huge yep. part for those two reasons, uh, anti-corruption and true connection. Uh, the third one is create, don't copy. Um, I'm cheating now, by the way. I'm using this little booklet that we created, which is a... It's oh, like that's a, fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a storybook for children based on our values. It's one of my favorite projects we ever did. Um, so mm -hmm. create, don't copy is all about uh, being... Uh, creative and because we want to reach somewhere we want to go somewhere new mm. the only way to do that is by making new things it's also a great answer to <laughs> what sounds like let's do this because it's best practice um 
Um, so yeah, create on copy, or if you are going to adopt the best practice and many times we do, you have, you need to have a reason for that. Um, mm. number four is simple is better. Um, because simple things take less effort from the customer, from the user, um, and that makes them better. Uh, simple is mm -hmm. better. Um, do only what matters. This is a tricky one. Uh, do only what matters is about prioritization, right? You can be, and you see this every day, you can be very busy doing a hundred things at a company, a mm. hundred meaningless things, yeah. <laughs> or you can do only what matters, do one very important uh, future defining thing. Um, this one is very hard to do proactively. Um, easier mm. when, you, when you look retrospectively <laughs> um, than proactively, but it's one of those things that you always optimize for. Um, it also supports everyone, every team member into not doing, not appearing to be busy. That's a, that's a, that's mm. pure corruption. Um, number six is make things people love. Um, and that, that is, that is a powerful one for me personally. Um, I, I remember I was talking to Sandra, our CEO, when, when documenting these mm. values and we, we both are, uh, big Seinfeld fans and we were talking about Seinfeld and how it's an example of something that people love um, because it's because they make it, we, we, they made it with great care and passion for mm. the comedy. It wasn't superfluous. It was only meant to be funny and, and it was made mm. with great care and it stands the test of time. Um, number seven is dare to make mistakes. Such a good and important one. Um, dare to make mistakes mm -hmm. because I mean, you cannot predict, predict the outcome of anything you do. So if you want to do something new, you're probably, probably will make mistakes along the way. Many of those mistakes will shape the path that you took somewhere. Uh, many of those mistakes will be mm. necessary, will be pivoting points, will, will determine, uh, where you, where you, where you go. Um, I'm about to be done, but I'm very passionate about all of these. Uh, let the best. No, idea... no, don't. You don't need to. I'm, I'm gentle. I'm loving it. <laughs> Keep going. All right. Uh, let the best idea win is about having a flat, um, hierarchical structure and trying to yeah. prioritize ideas over hierarchies, um, over groups, over friendships. Um, it, it's another one of those that you can permanently, uh, forever optimize for, um, and you do need management structures many times, um, and the people with the most context should make decisions, but those decisions should be based on ideas and nothing else, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um. I love number nine. Uh, number nine is about personal agency and it's, you can do it. Um, because nothing will happen unless you make it happen. Um, and this is, this is remarkable. I speak with everyone in safety wing regularly, um, mm. like on one-on-one -on -one settings. Um, 
And this is one of those things that people need to be reminded of, including myself, starting with myself. The fact that if you see something that is, isn't working, you can actually fix it right now. And mm. you don't have to ask yeah, anyone. Yeah. Just do it. You can do it. Um, it's kind of, I think it's, we, we are sort of trained somehow. I don't know if it's, if it's the education system, if it's the way in which we are uh, taught about what means to work with a group. But many people, again, starting with myself, believe that things are someone else's responsibility or that you have to get consensus or that, or that your boss should approve or stuff like this, mm. which makes you realize something and then forget about it. Instead, we, in Safety Wing, we use this garden um, analogy. So Safety Wing is like a big garden and every person has like a small mm -hmm. part assigned to her. And each person is responsible for maintaining that small part. But, uh, but, uh, but at the same time, we walk this garden constantly, all the time, every part of it. Some people more than others, but if you're walking the garden or someone else's garden and you see, you know, weeds, just pull them out. Just mm. right away. Don't wait for anything. Don't wait for anyone. You can do it. Yeah. Um, finally, be good to each other, which is about being charitable in interpretation and taking people seriously because everything we do mm -hmm. becomes the culture. That's, that's the end of it. Okay. What do you think? So as you work your way through, oh, sorry, go on. What, what do you think about, about that? How does that sound to you? So I think it sounds wonderful and clear and a way that, because I think sometimes sort of single statements on their own could be, I don't know, used or interpreted in a, in a way mm -hmm. that may do the corruption bit that you talked about earlier on. And and when I when I then read through all ten, I I would I mean I don't know this, and you haven't said this either. But my guess would be, because when you said number five, for example, when you said do only what matters, mm -hmm. I, I could imagine, in some situations or some contexts, that could be used as a way of abdicating responsibility. Yeah, and and not and not doing something, not delivering something, not achieving something. Because I could say, well, it didn't matter mm -hmm. at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So you know, when, when it needed to be done, something else was more important and you tell me to, to do only what matters. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I did what matters. And that is true. But, but that is true. That, that's, a, that's a very acute observation. All of these are trade-offs. All of these. Mm. Because... Yeah, you can be creative. Up to what? Are you going to build your laptop? Is that how creative do you want to be? <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah, and I think it, and, it's, and, and then when you look at all of them in, in, in the round, it then allows you to go, well, 
yes or right you're you yes i did do only what mattered but i maybe at the same time i wasn't being good to each other because you needed me to do whatever that thing was adrian yeah and because i didn't do it mm -hmm. i haven't been good to you mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. or uh, yes i did only what mattered um but i didn't dare to make a mistake mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because this other thing that i could have done was riskier i didn't do it because it didn't matter as much as this other thing did mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so I don't know if I would say trade-offs, I suppose. For, for me, I was thinking of it more as a as a way of you you can use all ten as I don't know indicators that can help me make it that can help me as a colleague. Yes. Make good decisions on the actions that I should be taking. Yes, 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 yes. I mean. So as I, yes, yeah, I go. On. No, that that's 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 perfect. Um, you can be cynical and you can handle this in a utilitarian way. You can absolutely manipulate most situations by advocating any of these values. And I haven't seen that much. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it like a couple of times, maybe. Um, but we hire very smart, kind people and they don't mm. uh, because what is the foundation for all of this is being an independent thinker and being mm -hmm. like a nice person so yeah uh, it, but you're right it, it's it's a it's a it's like a compass of sort this is a sort of instrument that can help you navigating different situations that that's about it yeah so, so within within emotion and work, we try and do it within, I guess, two two different statements, I suppose, or two different items. Mm -hmm. So, so we talk about how emotions can be really enriching. They can they can enrich relationships. They can enrich lives. They can enrich experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and and emotions can be really enriching. They can also be quite harmful harmful to individuals harmful to relationships harm to harmful to experiences harmful to, to companies cultures teams and so we when we hire we we sort of talk about um we've got like a, a what we call a ways of working document which is i guess a bit of a buzzword thing, but and within that it, it outlines at every point in in a day and you're reaching a decision point mm -hmm. And and if the answer to the question is is this enriching lives? Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Carry on. Mm -hmm. Is is this causing harm? Yes. Stop immediately. Mm. I understand. So it, that could be harm to yourself. It could be harm to to a colleague. It could be harm to yeah to to a client. Um, and and it's not to say that you shouldn't then do it. It is to say that's a stop point where you should go. Is it? How, how do I want to do this? How do I want to do this in a in a way that can be as constructive as possible? Mm. So I did a piece of work last week where a, a team didn't have a lot of what you're describing. You try and create a safety way. So they weren't really being that good to each other. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't fixing it right now. They weren't kind of grabbing the weed as they were walking past. Um, they weren't letting the best idea win. Um, and they weren't being authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we got to a point where there was a 
there was just an awful lot of emotion in the room mm-hmm. um and where people were starting to become overwhelmed with the feelings that they were having and the thoughts they were having about where the team was at and how the team was interacting and so on and, and i reached a, a point where i had to go if i let this continue is this causing harm to the individuals here and or the team here because if it is i need to stop right right because i i know this isn't this doesn't feel really enriching right now this feels really tough right now but it's not causing harm yet it's causing discomfort yes but harm no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 so i you know that it's it's a calibration i guess for me to go if if it starts to cause harm, I've just got to stop and go. What what am I doing? Am, am I doing this for the right reasons? And and so on. So, um, in a way, I, I'd like the simplicity of what we're trying to do, but sometimes it doesn't it doesn't account for nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I really like the, the the balance that you've got across those ten values that allows me to use it maybe in a bit more an explicit way than we have in terms of a yeah a checklist. Let, or let, a, let me ask you something. So. Um, that's fascinating to me, the, the, the bit about uh, emotion being con- constructive or destructive. Hmm. But that implies that the per- person, um, like on a personal level, you have to be mindful enough to first realize your emotions, which is yeah. not easy. Um, and second, to be... Mm, mm, mindful enough to stop and to do the act of realization two very different things right Um, particularly when Mm -hmm. people are feeling um, strong emotion that could be difficult Um, so how how do you how do you achieve that um partly that there's a lot of work that's gone into it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So um, my my quest with emotions began 20-something years ago where I really should have been fired for something I said to a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think they could hear me. I thought I'd press the mute button and they couldn't <laughs> hear what I was saying, but they could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when I told them to, to shut the up and stop crying like a... <laughs> wow uh, they didn't take that too well yeah yeah um but it began a, it began a quest for me in terms of you know understanding more about emotions so on mm-hmm. and one of the the words that i use a lot i think i use a lot anyway is um about being considerate mm. and i think it's all yeah being considerate or considering is a an undervalued or an underappreciated word. Because mm. am I being considerate about myself? Considerate about how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how that's impacting my behaviour, how that's impacting the the emotions I might be projecting onto other people. Um, and similarly, how am I being considerate about what other others might be experiencing? Mm. Um, I'll be going back to something you said, which I really liked, was about being charitable to each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we might see somebody's behavior and go, oh, look at them. They've just ignored me. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, this is all about me and, and, and I've done something to offend them. Whereas if I was being charitable, I might go, oh, I wonder what's going on for them today. Mm-hmm. That's different behavior normal. I want to go and check in and see if they're okay. 
That's exactly uh, right. That's exactly the, the, the use case yeah. we use for, for be charitable interpretation. You could misconstrue that as being weak or not having clear expectations for others, which is not the intention at all. It's just being charitable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when, when you're, I want to say you, when Safety Wing then are, mm -hmm. are hiring and wanting to make really good decisions when they're hiring and are looking to hire for authenticity, looking to hire for integrity, maybe looking to hire against these 10 values, yeah. is there a risk that you end up hiring this kind of, I mean, I was going to say clones, but that's probably a bit extreme. Mm. You know, are you do you risk only hiring a particular type of person? Yeah, I think you do. Yes, I think you do. Um, mm. It's interesting. So, I I wonder if if implicitly we're saying or accepting that that's not good hiring the same type of person. But let's say that there is something concerning about that. Um, is that is that the intention of the of the question, though? Um, so I suppose I suppose I'm thinking about it from a from a from a diversity point of view. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not talking diversity from a Great. Um, from a particular characteristic, whether right. we're talking about gender or no, I get um, it. I totally get socioeconomic it. class or you know those kinds of things. That's mm -hmm. what, that was what was behind my question, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that I I love the diversity uh, uh, topic. It, it's fascinating to me mm. um, because it's very hard to define what it means. So. In Safety Wing, we hire remotely across the world. Uh, there are no restrictions mm. at all uh, for your like geographic location or ethnicity or religion, whatever. There, there is. We just hire. We hire. We we hire from the world pool, <laughs> which is pretty fascinating, mm. right? um, and that creates a demographically diverse team. So I'm Peruvian, mm. uh, my manager is Norwegian, uh, my friend is uh, from Texas, um, you see what I mean? Uh, I have co-workers from uh, Romania and uh, Portugal, um, so uh, all over the place. Mm. Um, so that creates a very diverse, demographically speaking, group. Um, At the same time, um, we have a sort of consistent worldview, sort of consistent um, within the cultural differences, right? That's another axis, but say mm -hmm. we have very diverse cultures yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like uh, someone from Germany will be very different than me. <laughs> um, Mm. At the same time, we share the internet culture, which is very interesting. Like most of us were raised during or with or along with the internet. So we share the language, which is uh, not our primary mm -hmm. language in, in many cases, uh, like mine, um, which is English. And along with the language, we share a bit of the uh, culture 
from from the US slash the internet. Um, so yeah. we share some sort of worldview. Um, so when we talk about diversity, I don't really know what it means. Um, in some ways, we're very diverse. In some ways, we're not. Um, but I think we are, that you're right, we do hire for a sort of profile. And mm -hmm. within that profile, there is lots of diversity in different ways. Yeah, and, and I think, because um, it was about that, that I, I, when I think back to your, you know, kind of aim for the ideal, mm -hmm. um, create, don't copy, um, make things people love, uh, let the best idea win. Mm -hmm. If you don't have variety mm -hmm. and, and difference in that, not necessarily, you know, it, as I said earlier on, it's not, I wasn't asking it from a, um, uh, yeah, a, a particular characteristic perspective. I was from a, mm -hmm. um, yeah, how, how do you create that difference of thought and that difference of, right. of ideas and suggestions and options and, and solutions for clients and, and so on? Let me and, ask you. And I guess that, me, that cultural, go on. I mean, that's fascinating to me, okay? But I'll, I'll give you two examples. Um, uh, hmm. Well, I'll give you one and one reflection. So we're trying to build content on the internet and the, and a global social safety net for that country on the internet. Um, okay, yeah. When we talk about the global social safety net, there is a lot of diverse thinking here because our founders are Norwegian. They have a social safety net that works very gracefully and they want to bring that mm -hmm. to the world, right? Uh, I'm Peruvian. I don't have that social safety net. I wish I did. Mm. I wish my kids do. So I want aspirationally to create that. There are, there, those are very different starting points to, to achieve our mission. Equally as mm. st strong, I would say. But the example I wanted to give you is different. That's just a random reflection. Um, yes, okay. The example it is... A, it was a useful reflection, thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, love, I love football, right? Soccer, whatever. Um, yeah, I love Barcelona. That's my team. I've, I've been watching Barcelona for 10 years. And one of the reasons why they're one of the biggest clubs in the world is because they play with, they play the game in a very specific way under a set of mm. rules that are not objectively better, are just the way that Barcelona does it, which are, you know, keep the ball, have possession, um, tactical stuff like that, but also soft stuff like um, be good to other players, don't injure other players, play a fair game. You see what I mean? There's this code of conduct mm -hmm. and they don't recruit for this. I mean, they do, but they don't, they don't recruit like adults for this. They train the kids <laughs> at La Masia yeah. from like age six and they shape the kids to be consistent. Um, so I would argue that diversity of style, let's call it style, meaning values and worldview and approach to something, is not necessarily objectively better than consistency. Uh, think mm -hmm. about the Beatles. Consistent. 
consistent, even for a short period of time, even with all the dissonance within the personal group, consistency towards what they want to achieve um, and, and mm. how to do it. Okay. One of the things that I mentioned in the intro that we haven't touched on yet um, is the, uh, we talked about buzzwords when we were doing our kind <laughs> of um, our conversation beforehand. Yes. Um, so we talked about things like burnout, emotional intelligence, psychological mm. safety, mm -hmm. that maybe you don't necessarily think help company culture. Right. And, and that's quite a different perspective. So I thought it might be useful to, to hear your thoughts on that, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm not against any of these um, concepts, um, really. Hmm. But I think and this relates so much to authenticity. What I think is that many people will adopt things without understanding them and their implications. So, for example, I love the whole psychological safety thing. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like in the context of my own beliefs and in the context of a functional group, like I would say safety wing, psychological safety is like saying, I have a room in my house in which I won't hit my kids. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? Because it means that in every other room I could hit my kids and I would, and I will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I think that psychological safety is one of those things that people will use to say that right now in this conversation, there is safety. Mm. But the problem is, sure, great. The problem is that what the implication is that in other conversations, there is no safety. And that's ridiculous. Um, mm. So I would say that maybe this is idealistic, but in a functional group, um, every conversation should be safe. Um, so I just think it's, it's a little silly to, to, to try to bring this. It seems like, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, uh, downplay the, 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 the work that people do, but say if you work at a fast food chain restaurant and your, mm. um, instructions are quite rigid and repetitive. Um, and you know, maybe people are not extremely committed on average to their work. Um, maybe some of these ideas are useful, but they, like, they come across as being instrumental anyway. Um, in a, in, in, in a, in a good culture, in a good environment, these things are meaningless in a way because it's already in place. Um, mm. to most of these like buzzwords and, and, and trends are so superficial that I find them funny. Um, yeah. I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and 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 so I guess it's interesting. I, I like the the distinction you've made there to say, well, if I create a psychologically safe conversation here, mm -hmm. and I'm calling this conversation psychologically safe, and I guess you and I aren't necessarily colleagues, so maybe my example. Um, my example doesn't scan, but I'll go with it anyway. Mm -hmm. If I can say, well, I can create this emotionally, this psychologically safe conversation here, or I can create this psycho like this psychologically safe team within this company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
what does that say about the rest of the team or the rest of the company or other conversations that happen? Yes, exactly, exactly. And similarly, I guess with something like burnout, then that if it's if I'm if I'm singling that that out as a as something that happens within a team, a company, or an organization, mm-hmm. or a profession. Um, what does that by by having to single it out because it's happening? What does that say about what's happening in the in the rest of that? Is that right? Well, the 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 issue, particularly with burnout, the issue that I have is that the word means something very dramatic. It's like close to mm. depression or close to exhaustion. Um, like, mm-hmm. yeah, people do get people get tired. People need rest. Like in Safety Wing, we have this unlimited PDO. Uh, policy mm-hmm. um we believe in 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 stress and rest um cycles just like physical exercise mm-hmm. uh which i think you know or we believe is is healthy um but the and I, i'm not saying that this happens in safety women because it doesn't but uh, i've seen that people using the word burnout as saying i'm tired or i need some rest and you know, it's one mm-hmm. of these words people just throw around. Um, and the issue that I have with buzzwords is the superficial nature of, of, of the, like the mass adoption comes with superficial uh, understanding of it. It's just something mm-hmm. that sounds that resonate with something that you feel um, and people feel stressed. But that doesn't mean that you're burning out. Those are very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I, I had something similar, or I have something similar with um, with imposter syndrome. Mm. So so <laughs> that's not to say that it doesn't exist. I mean, technically, the words are, are inaccurate because it's imposter phenomenon, not imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. because it's not a syndrome, because it's based on the definition by Rosie Clance and Pauline Imes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it Suzanne Imes? Um, by Clance and Imes, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's contextually relevant and episodic in its nature so it's not um debilitating in that way right um, uh, and also being anxious or fearful or nervous or scared does not necessarily equal having imposter phenomenon <laughs> right you're right so you know so there's 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 a number of characteristics that you know that that, that they d- describe alongside it um, and and general and they they say that it can, that it can be confused with generalized anxiety or it can be confused right. with you know with with being anxious yes not necessarily having imposter phenomenon yes and, and anxiety is a is a generalized anxiety is more of a that's more of a um what's the word I'm looking for a debilitating condition than it right. is an episodic experience exactly 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 that that makes a lot of i love that uh, analysis yeah i think you're correct yeah okay so um what we'll do shortly is start to move into um into the kind of closing the the podcast off Mm -hmm. and one of the ways that i like to, to do that bridge is to ask one of my favorite questions which is what is a what surprised you question um so my question will be what surprised you most 
since joining Safety Wing? That's a good question. Um, hard to answer. Mm, so, okay, here's an answer. Um, I, mm -hmm. and I say this very humbly, um, but in my, so as I mentioned, I dropped out of high school when I was 15, right? Very mm -hmm. young. And I started working like the day after uh, I did um, working online. Um, and I've done so many things in the past 20 years. Like I started as a logo designer. I was designing logo. I didn't know how to design logos, but I was designing logos for like $2 a piece. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I did that. I, I, I was a developer. I was a musician. I was a teacher, a videographer. I've done so many things in my life. And I've always felt, and I say this very humbly, I, I've always felt like the smartest guy in the room. Um, since since very early age when i joined safety mm. wing that radically changed um i felt like the dumbest guy in the room all of a sudden and okay you could call that imposter syndrome <laughs> i'm just kidding um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean not the dumbest but i felt pretty average and to me that was mm. surprising that was inspiring that was um, so aspirational, so motivating. Like, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to improve my game here uh, mm. because my peers are so good. Um, and you know, safety wing is like uh, to me, it's like this. I'm getting paid very well to learn from world class people. Um, so yeah, that was extremely, and it is still extremely surprising to me. Fabulous. That must be a, yeah, that must have been a, yeah, a, as you said, an inspiring experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so where can people find out more about Safety Wing then, Adrian? Safetywing.com. That's that's the place to go wonderful and and you so the we you said the the mission i think you said the mission is mm -hmm. about creating a country on the internet yes sir. Um, and then creating a global social safety net that's as well is that right yes our vision is to create a global social safety net and that is um mm -hmm. health income protection uh retirement products um so you have a safety net if things go wrong uh mm -hmm. you will fall but you won't hurt yourself um for the first country on the internet that is our mission um and that means that that's a sort of and we, <laughs> you should do an episode with lauren rasabi our vp of communications about this country on the internet initiative um but that's basically being a citizen a citizen um as a membership, a citizenship as a membership. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if people wanted to get hold of, uh, hold of you, uh, what's the good way for them to get hold of you? Um, if you Google Adrian Salazar, you'll find my LinkedIn profile right there. 
that's a that's a good place wonderful then we'll put a link to it uh we'll put a link to your profile in the show notes as well mm -hmm. so we come to a close then um is there something else something else something more something you're thinking feeling or would like to say before i close this off yeah i guess i guess a reflection would be um or my overall feeling now is that i wish this type of uh, work environment and culture to more people um it's it it seems like there's this contradiction and it's a false one people believe that mm -hmm. if you're happy uh at your workplace if you're inspired if you have well-being if you're uh, taken seriously the work must be suffering or the business might be suffering it's not good for business to do so much for uh team members but it's actually the other way around if 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 you have good culture good teams and people are happy taken seriously and have a good like well-being overall uh they will contribute to the business in a more meaningful way and i wish um from you know i observe that in many places most places in the world most businesses don't operate this way and i wish more people would have access to to something like that yeah definitely yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly Okay, then, in which case I'll say, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us on the Emotional Women podcast today. Um, and for you, fair listener, we'll see you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Emotion at Work podcast. And if you got this far, you must be interested in the role that emotions have in the workplace, either within individuals, between people in teams or in organisations as a whole. So head over to the Emotion at Work hub, which you can find at community.emotionatwork.co.uk. Thanks for listening.